He knows what we need, when we need it. And so our job is just to do the crying out to him. That's what we do, our part. And we have to trust that he's doing his part and we'll do his part in due time. To the person that says, well, God's not answering my cry, I would encourage them, don't get discouraged. Just trust the Lord's character. He's good. He promises in his word on multiple occasions he'll answer the cry of his people. And so just have faith and believe that he's doing something in the season you're in. And just continue to cry out to him until you see the breakthrough that you're crying out for. How sincere are you in your desire to be free from sin? Do you want it enough to relentlessly ask, persistently seek, and unashamedly knock until you receive it? In today's episode, we look at why relentlessly seeking after God is vital to learning to live in victory. It's time to move past being satisfied with a few outward changes and some half-hearted prayers. It's time to make a decision to lay hold of God's promise that those who seek with all their heart will find God and be given what they're asking for. Thanks for joining us for our series, Victory. This is Purity for Life. In the previous episode in our series, Victory, we talked about our need to acknowledge that if we're in sexual sin, we are wrong. Our actions are wrong. Our desires are wrong. Our hearts are wrong. We're guilty as charged. We deserve nothing from God except judgment. Now, as necessary as it is to come to that place, That isn't all that's needed, and it's not all that God wants. Now we need to wholeheartedly seek after God. In Mark 7, there's this really beautiful story about a Gentile woman whose daughter is possessed by a demon. I won't go through every detail. You're going to have to read that for yourself. But the gist is this. She is desperate. Her daughter is tormented by a demon. And this woman comes screaming toward Jesus. His disciples get upset because she's causing a real scene, but she presses closer and falls down at Jesus' feet, asking him for mercy. And Jesus won't even answer her, but she is persistent. So Jesus tells her that it isn't right for him to help her because he wasn't sent to Gentile dogs. He was sent to the house of Israel. But this woman's faith is amazing, and she somehow knows that Jesus is absolutely willing to help her, despite the fact that she doesn't deserve a single thing from him. So she says to him, Lord, I understand. You're right. I don't deserve what is intended for the children. But look, if some of the bread falls off the children's table, even the dogs can eat the crumbs. And Jesus marveled at her faith. She looked right into the face of her desperate need, and it drove her to the feet of Jesus. We'll start off today's show talking with Dustin Renz, who had to come to the same place, where he knew he didn't deserve anything and that only Jesus could meet his need. When I first came to Pure Life, 
I was very full of myself. I was full of spiritual pride. And my attitude was really, what What are these people going to be able to teach me? I don't already know. And my counseling appointment, one of my first ones, my counselor, the assignment he gave me was, I want you to just begin to cry out to the Lord throughout your day when you're experiencing trouble or hardships, just whatever's going on. I want you just to ask the Lord for help. And he said, it might feel kind of mechanical at first, but I want you to go ahead and do it. And so I, I remember just doing what he said to check it off the list. You know, God, I need you. And I'd go through some situation and it was like, God, I really need you. And um, in the beginning, it felt very lifeless. But what the Lord did was begin to answer that cry in a way that I didn't expect. And that was that he began to show me my heart and what I was really like. He began to peel off layer after layer of selfishness, of pride, Um, You know, I'd be in a conversation with somebody and the Lord would just bring conviction of the things I was saying and the motive behind it. Um, I'd read books in in the program or do studies or hear sermons, but it was like everything was directed at God showing me my heart, the sinfulness, uh, the spiritual arrogance that I had. And it was really over weeks and months that the Lord just continually allowed me to see what I was really like and to the place where I was so heavy laden with uh, just this burden on my heart of what I was like that I remember just crying out to the Lord and saying, God, I I see what you're saying about me. I agree with you. I'm, I'm in agreement with how much of a Pharisee I am, how selfish I was and how I've lived my life really for myself. But I really need your help because I can't take this anymore. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this burden. And it was around that time, uh, my wife called one day. We had been talking, you know, a couple times a week. And she said, this week, I think we need to fast our phone calls and you need to seek the Lord. And so I remember thinking, okay, Lord, this is out of character for her. This must be you. And I remember going into the chapel each night for quite a period of time, putting on worship music and getting on my hands and knees and just really doing business with God, really crying out to him for help and saying, God, I need you to come and change me. I admit uh, who I am and what you've said about me and what you've shown me, but I need you to change my heart. I can't do it on my own. And through that week, each night I went in there and it was like I encountered the Lord in a way of, of his love being poured out on me and him beginning to, to show me that my only hope was him. And it was a turning point where I began to stop looking at myself and begin to look for him for help. And it became a cry that's lasted, you know, all these years later. I'm still, I still have that place of dependence and crying out to the Lord. But it it really all took place for me crying out to him and him responding by showing me the ugliness of my heart and then me repenting of that. Dustin, in our culture today, We're getting to the point where if someone says something negative, it's characterized as mean-spirited or bigoted or judgmental. And many people would think that the experience you had um, when you were in the program, God just continuing to show you how sinful you are would be cruel of him or even emotionally damaging. But you don't describe the experience that way. It sounds like it was very painful, but all I've heard you talk about what came from that is how grateful you are for that time and that you needed it. So why do you think it was necessary for God to lead you through that painful process? I think that when I look back at that time, it was his mercy being expressed to me because Mm -hmm. 
what if he hadn't done that? If I think of the inverse, what if God hadn't shown me my heart and hadn't led me into repentance and I hadn't had to walk through that pain, but he left me where I was? You know, that's mm-hmm. the, that's the yeah. alternate. And, and I would just be in sin or who knows where I would be today. Right. And so it was a necessary pain that I had to walk through. And part of it was that it was all self-inflicted pain. I mean, it was uh-huh. it was the stuff that I had created, the life I had lived, the pride that I had. So the pain that I was experiencing was the pain of seeing that, the pain of remorse, but it was over the things I had done. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't like God was inflicting me with pain just mm-hmm. for the sake of pain. Um, he was extending mercy and trying to help me see the things that I needed to see in order to get free. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, the pride in my life, if I couldn't see, if he hadn't shown me the spiritual pride, I couldn't have dealt with it and gotten mm-hmm. free from it. And so I see it as this mercy and I'm very grateful for it because I don't want to be, you know, left where I was. I've heard it said before, God loves us mm-hmm. the way we are, but he loves us too much to keep us the way we are. And I think that's what was happening right. there. He loved me where I was at, but he saw, you know, all these things in my life that he would have to deal with in order to get me free. And mm-hmm. that was the freedom I was crying out for. So it was just a necessary part of the process. Right. It's like when Hebrews describes that he disciplines us. Discipline, if mm-hmm. you're working out, it's painful to work out, but it's building something good mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. It's pain with a purpose. Yeah. Well, and I think we see that God does love to answer that cry as he's building that need in us. But what can be confusing for us is that God doesn't always answer that cry that he puts in us right away. For you, it was a long time that you were beginning to see that need until it finally culminated in that week in the chapel. So from your point of view, what are some of the reasons God might delay his answer for someone who's desperately and earnestly seeking him? I mean, I think part of the issue when we're talking about that is that God doesn't always respond in the way that we think he's going to respond. In my experience, you know, I wanted him just to set me free and hit the easy button and everything goes away. And part of the response, he was responding by showing me my heart. That was Uh part of his answering the cry. It just didn't look like the way I thought it was going to look. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes God is doing something in the crying out. There's something happening inside of us that is part of that answer. Just the fact that we're crying out to him it connects us with him and builds relationship. And so I think sometimes we're looking for some kind of experience and that specific thing is not what God's doing in that moment. Um, It may lead to that like it did for me. There was a breakthrough moment, but I see all those weeks and months of crying out as part of that answer to prayer. The other thing is just that God's timing is perfect. We have to Mm -hmm. trust he knows what we need when we need it. And so our job is just to do the crying out to him. And that's that's what we do, our part. And we have to trust that he's doing his part and we'll do his part in due time. And so to the person that says, well, God's not answering my cry, I would encourage them, don't get discouraged. Just trust the Lord's character. He's good. He promises in his word on multiple occasions he'll answer the cry of his people. And so just mm-hmm. have faith and believe that he's doing something in the season you're in and just continue right. to cry out to him until you see the breakthrough that you're crying out for. Yeah, that's good. And I think we probably need to take a moment and offer a word of warning here, because sometimes we see people who want victory over sin, but when God tries to lead them through this process that you're describing of really coming to the end of themselves, they keep avoiding it or sidestepping it. What would you say to someone who's in that situation? I would say to that person that by sidestepping the process God has, they're prolonging the victory that they're crying out for. If you picture, I like to picture like there's a room in the house with one door and the room is freedom from sin. It's the victory, whatever they're crying out for, Mm -hmm. that if they get into that room, they're free. 
There's one door to get in. You can't get any other way. There's no windows. There's no other way. But the the door is repentance. And the only way to get into that room is through repentance, Mm -hmm. which involves this this breaking down process. It involves God showing us our sin. It involves Mm -hmm. us having remorse. And so all those painful things that they're trying to avoid is the only solution. So they can sidestep it forever, but they'll never walk through that door. And so I would encourage them, the pain is temporal. Mm-hmm. And the pain is also a good pain because it's pain that leads to victory. And so walking through that, I mean, a lot of hard things in life require that we walk through a measure of pain. But not only is there victory on the other side, but God walks with us through the door. And we don't want to forget God is with us in that process. He's not forsaken us. The fact that he's revealing our hearts and showing us these things is proof that he's working. And so picture yourself walking with God hand in hand through this process that will lead into this victory that you're crying out for. We're going to take a break from our interview with Dustin. When genuine repentance and persistence come together in our heart, we really begin to seek God. But we need something else. We need faith. Without faith, our desperation can easily turn into unbelief or hopelessness. And I get it. Faith can be a fight at times. We want to encourage your faith. So up next, we have two short talks given around eight years ago to our student body. First, I shared some thoughts about how to come to God, and then Pastor Jeff Colon talked about being persistent in this cry that God would set us free. I want to read a quick passage out of Hebrews. You guys can turn there so that... When I read it, you know that it's, I'm not just making it up. <laughs> There's been a teaching in the world for a while that this is not the Word of God, and that's an absolute lie. Jesus Christ spoke the earth into existence, and this Word will never change, and it will never fade away. So when you read these words... You can go to God, and most of the time you have to go (laughs) kind of like teach yourself and preach to yourself. This is not a lie. Everything in here is trustworthy. And in Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. What's really amazing about this verse is that it's telling you how to come to God and what kind of faith you need to have. It's not just saying have faith. It's telling you this is the sort of faith that you need to have. When you come to God, you believe that he is, that he exists, And you believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Which translates to, when I go to God, this is how I go. God, I've been coming to you daily. And I've been seeking you. And it's just a matter of time before I get what I've been coming for. Because you're a faithful God. It has nothing to do with me. But I know that someday I'm going to reap. And that's the kind of faith that we have to have when we come to the Lord. But... It's a faith in his character and your feelings and your emotions and your mind is going to, a lot of times are so 
loud and so overpowering. But this is something that's outside of yourself that exists without your help. And it's the thing that will ground you and keep you. I just praise the Lord for his word. All of us on staff have gone through anything you guys are going through and everything. And one thing we've found is that when you seek the Lord diligently from a sincere heart, he is faithful. He cannot lie. So when he says, you come to me diligently and I'm going to reward you, that's a fact. It's just a question of when. And you have to hold on until that appointed day. But you hold on and it's going to come. Let me pray. God, I just want to thank you, Lord, especially just for your cross, Lord, that made it possible for you to look on us with love, Lord, and with favor. Lord, I thank you for the cross because that made it possible for me to come to you and for you to have something other than destruction and wrath for me. Lord, I just thank you for your love, Lord, that you gave your body for me, Lord, so that you could lavish that love upon me, Lord. And I just pray that you would teach us to seek you with the kind of faith that's pleasing to you, Lord. Help us to believe in your character, Lord. Help us to stop despising what the word says. Help us to stop treating it lightly, Lord, and trusting our feelings more than we trust you, Lord. Help us to look at this amazing God who's given us his amazing word, Lord. And I just thank you for it in your name. I want to read again what he just read. Because really, if you don't believe this, you can't let go. Impossible. That he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And when it says he is, you know, it's kind of what I read out of Isaiah. He's all that and more. He really is. But you really don't believe that. And I don't, sometimes, when I'm holding on to something, whatever that might be. You know, we've been talking a lot about things tonight, but sometimes it's a desire in our heart. It's some position. It's some thing that will make us look a certain way. Those are the deeper things. Possessions, those are just things. But God's after the deep things in our hearts, the things we got to get really honest about, the things that we envy people over because we want what they have, the things we, we clamor for in life and we'll do anything to get it. Deep things. But to let go of those things, you really have to understand you know that God is and he is a reward of those who diligently seek him and we all are going to struggle with those forbidden desires those forbidden things but I'm telling you the only way I have found has been what Stephen described sometimes just having to lock myself in a room and scream cry and pray. I remember Bradley testifying where he would just lay on the floor 
pleading with God to help him. So we understand. It's normal. Are you willing to cry, beg, scream, whatever it's going to take for God to help you let go? Are you willing to do that? Is he real enough? I mean, can you lay a hold of this scripture or even say, God, I want this to be real. Are you willing to cry, beg, and scream just for this to be real so you can let go? Whatever it is. Someone said it. You can't do that in yourself, but you can beg. You know how to do that. You can ask. That's all God asks us to do is ask because he's the only one to give us what we need. I was just telling someone earlier, you know, sometimes it's just I sit in my chair and just say, God, help me. God, help me. Oh, God, help me. When I go through my dark nights and my struggles, when God's after something in my heart that I have allowed to become too important, begging him just quietly in my chair or sitting out on my deck, God, help me. Please, please, God, help me. I can't do it no more. God, I don't know how to let it go. Please, oh, God, help me, help me, help me. We need the Lord. God's been speaking tonight. But I understand. I know what it feels like. Like, I, I don't know how to let go. But if you'll ask God to help you, he will. And sometimes it takes crying out, begging. It's not a, a cry of despair. and hope. It's you cry in faith. You know, when I'm saying, help me, help me, I know who I'm saying that to. You understand? So it's a cry of faith. It's not... Like, oh, God, if you can, if you're, no, God, I'm crying, God, help me. You're the only one that can help me. You understand? So there's got to be faith mixed in there. You got to believe who he is. As we start to wrap up this episode, we're going to talk more about God's character and his response to our cries for help. And I know it probably seems redundant, but I can tell you from a lot of personal experience, in the process of seeking God, there are a lot of discouragements and what seem like setbacks. And you need it to be bedrock truth in your soul that God graciously responds to the cry of the needy. Let's go back to finish up our interview with Dustin and let him share some scripture and testimony to encourage us to never stop seeking God. When we talk about crying out to the Lord, I think it's important we understand, you know, I was crying out to the Lord at a time of crisis. I was at Pure Life. My marriage was falling apart. I was in sexual sin. There's a lot of things going on. And so I was pretty desperate for the Lord to come and do something. But what's happened is that that cry that began with my counselor saying, I need you to cry out to the Lord, has turned into a lifestyle that still exists today. Where mm-hmm. on a normal basis, I'm crying out to the Lord. I mean, I need the Lord for everything. I realize in and of myself, I have nothing, but with him, I, he's the one that provides all, the, all that I need. And so there's a scripture in Hebrews 11 that talks about God being a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I've seen that as I've continued to cry out to the Lord all these years, the Lord has just filled my life with blessing. Um, you know, restoring my marriage uh, years ago and, and bringing us back together. He's blessed me with three wonderful daughters and restored me into the ministry. When I got out of pure life, I wasn't able to preach. He's restored me, and I, I recently was ordained with our denomination. Um, 
I've seen just God's hand of blessing through my life. And of course, that includes freedom from sin. I'm not walking in sexual sin. I'm not living in that. And that's been a fruit or a benefit of the the crying out to the Lord. But it's way beyond that. He's just given me a, a wonderful life. I walk in the peace of God. And yes, I have my struggles and I have issues I walk through, but I'm walking through life with him. And ultimately, that's the reward. When you seek after him, you get him in your life. And all the goodness and all the blessings are just uh, you know, side benefits of actually having the Lord and a real relationship with him. Dustin, one of the things that's been such a great comfort to me in my life is that God promises that he will respond to the cry of the needy. But the truth is, when we're in sin, or maybe when we're just going through something that's really difficult, we often have a really hard time believing that. So I want you to give listeners a couple of scripture verses that have really encouraged you to take God at his word and to cry out to him when you've really been in need. Yeah, one of the scriptures that has stuck with me over the years is Matthew 5, 3 in the Beatitudes. The first one, Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit for they will inherit the kingdom of God. And the word poor in spirit literally translates to spiritual beggars. And it's this picture of people who can't do anything without God. And really, that's how he's designed us to be. It's okay. I've had to get over, you know, the macho man kind of like I can do things on my Mm -hmm. own and self-sufficiency and independence. Like it's okay for us to be dependent on the Lord because he created us to be that way. And so, you know, like my kids, when I've got a newborn baby we don't expect her to have the answers or be able to feed herself or change herself. Like Uh she is this helpless infant. And if we don't take care of her, she won't be able to survive. It's kind of like that in the spiritual realm where all of us are like that in our flesh. We have, you know, Jesus said, you can do nothing without me. And so it's okay to be, to not have the answers and need to mm-hmm. cry out to God. It's okay to be in situations you don't know what to do or you know, you're know you just struggling in life in some area and to go to God and say, Lord, I'm just coming to you as a spiritual beggar and mm-hmm. say, God, please help me. Mm-hmm. And he's always faithful to respond. And so that's the peace that we have. Another passage I think that's really helpful is Psalm 34. I'd encourage anyone to read through it, but David's going through a really hard time. And multiple times he talks about crying out to the Lord. Verse 4, he says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Verse 6, he says, this poor man called and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Verse 17 says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them and delivers them from their troubles. There's this idea of this cause and effect that as people cry out to God, as God's children cry out to him, he always responds. And David has, he's writing from this place of confidence, knowing that when I cry out to the Lord, he's going to answer me in in his wisdom and Mm -hmm. his timing. So as a father myself, my children, if they cry out, Dad, I need you, I'm going to run to them. I mean, I'm, it's my compassion for them, my love for them is going to cause me to respond. And it's the same thing that God mm-hmm. as our Heavenly Father and as us as his children, when we cry out to him, He, the compassion that he has mm-hmm. for us, he's going to respond. He's going to mm-hmm. reach out to us. He's not holding back from us. He's not trying to you know, withhold anything. He's going to give it to us in his timing. He just knows right. the best wisdom and timing to do it. And so I would encourage anyone to go through the psalm, but there's multiple passages Throughout the really the whole book of the Bible is all about people crying out to the Lord and him responding. Right. And he's the same God today, and he'll do the same thing for the person who cries out today as he did throughout the whole of Scripture. Jesus said, Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. And I love what comes out when you study those verses in the Greek. Jesus is saying, Ask and keep on asking. 
and it will be given. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be opened. With that kind of promise from God, let's become the kind of people who believe God enough to press into him until we receive what he's promised. I do hope that today's episode has given you a hunger for more and a desperation to seek God with all of your heart because I can say this with confidence, that is the only true path to freedom. That's all for this week's show. We'll see you next time as we talk about the next step to victory, surrender. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.